ליצן קטן נחמד, רוקד עם כל אחד, ליצן קטן שלי, אולי תרקוד איתי, אולי, אולי, אולי תרקוד איתי. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shalom with Oshim Shalom Shemiyam. Today is the 30th day, I apologize to headphone users, the 30th day, oh my gosh, it went by so fast, in our quest, learning all about the holiday of Purim. It's coming, it just came so fast, and now, now it's just leaving us. Thankfully, the holiday of Pesach we will begin our learning very shortly. We're going to take one day off for, for Purim, and then we're going to get right back into business. All right, so now we're going to start with per- with Mishnah Megillah, Perak, Dalit, Mishnah Tet, and Mishnah Yod, the last two Mishnahs in Masechus Megillah. If you haven't done it this entire time, I implore you at least for this last Mishnah to look at it inside. There's a lot to be gained that way. And it starts like this. If somebody says, Hashem, good people will bless you. This is the way of people who are heretics. Why? Because it explains your Vadi Bartunur. That is, I'm sorry, we'll get to Rabbi Adibert here in a second. But essentially, the, the idea goes is that good people and bless, bad people will, will, will bless Hashem. And so, explain to Rabbi Adibert, you know, Shari Chalbana, Richara, that there is a Chalbana in the Ketores, which we know is actually mentioned in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Kisiso. We are told about the about the concoction of, of the Ketores, of the incense that was burned in the base of Mikdash in the temple. And we're told about the Chalbana. And if you look in every sitter, there's a footnote. If your sitter has footnotes, it says Galbanum. And it explains the following idea. Shari Chalbana, Richara, Umenicha, I'm sorry, Hakatuv, Im Simane Ketores. That that we know that the that the chalbana has an awful smell. Apparently, galbanum was had a very foul order, but it was included with the sum of of amazing smelling things and created a a total of of a, of a great smelling product to teach us that even people who aren't necessarily so observant in the mitzvah and aren't so, aren't necessarily um, aren't aren't necessarily um, consistently davening and, and doing things and and doing things. Uh, that that we that we that we really should be doing, they still provide value to to the Jewish people, and that there is a place for them too in in the service of Hashem, not just for the people who have everything going for them, but also for the people who sometimes struggle. We never dismiss them just because they're not perfect, and that's why it is only you would have to be a heretic in order to say to say such an idea. Now we're going to continue on some such some more unacceptable prayers. If somebody says Al if someone says that. That, that your mercy extends to a bird's nest. Basically, the idea is, is that you're saying, people get it backwards. A lot of times, there's a mitzvah that Hashem gave us, and then they say, wow, for example, I, I was just listening that somebody had said, the mitzvah of Shabbos, like Judaism understands that you need to, have to spend time together with family. And that's why we have Shabbos, which is true. Shabbos is great. It's a great time to spend together with family. But the reason why we have Shabbos is because Hashem rested on the seventh day. Hashem, maybe Hashem rested on the seventh day to teach us something, but we don't have Shabbos because of a good lesson we can learn from it. We have a good lesson we can learn from it because we observe the Shabbos. It's important to recognize that difference, and and this this case is going to go over. If someone says your mercy extends to like a like a bird's nest, which is to say there's a there's a mitzvah of Shiloh Hakam. It is one of the chokim, which is a mitzvah that we don't really have a reason for. But essentially, you you send away the you send away the the, the mother bird um, from from the nest as you're taking the eggs, um, and and the the idea that's taught down why we do it is is so that we can have mercy on the mother bird that she doesn't just see us taking her eggs so that she flies away and and she does she and so she doesn't see it. 
uh, but to say that that's that that's the reason why is is something something heretical because we don't we can we can provide justifications for it but but it it doesn't mean that that's the reason why Hashem gave it us. And also if Hashem, if you say Hashem for good things, your name will be remembered. We know that um, if Nachmanish Gamzu once said Gamzu Latova that we're supposed to remember things, we're supposed to thank Hashem not just for the good but also for the bad. If someone says Modim Modim, it could seem you know there's there's an idea. It says when Hashem speaks to Avram, sometimes he says Avram Avram. Uh, also other times, other times, other times throughout. Tanakh referred to specific, usually a term of endearment. So somebody might think initially, modem, modem, Hashem, we're really, really thankful that it's supposed to put some emphasis. But the idea is that you're not supposed to do it because modem sounds like, modem, modem sounds like chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, that you're davening to two gods, which we know is not true. Hashem al-kinu, Hashem echad, mishtakin oto. So we silence him. If somebody says something like that, Hamechana Barayos Mishtak So if somebody is starts to say, "Oh, the Arayos, the the things, the forbidden relationships, they're just metaphorical." When it says, "Don't uncover your mother's nakedness," it's metaphorical. We silence that person. First of all, kind of weird that that person is trying to make those claims. Kind of a little bit telling about their personality if that's the things that they're that they want to try to justify for themselves. First of all, just a little weird. Second of all, it's just it's just distorting the words of the Torah. It's just it's just not true. If someone says Muzar if somebody says that when the pasuk says um, I'm sorry that there's something uh, awful about um pagan practice that used to be or during molech which is actually unfortunately a lot of the a lot of the Jewish kings who who sinned they sinned by way of molech. And Molech is essentially giving, uh, sacrificing a child, an awful thing to do, especially as, as, as Jews, people who value human life and, and hold it to such a pedestal. That's why we condone violence of any kind, not just towards Jewish people, but violence and terrorism of any kind we condone. Because the value of every, of every human life, the value of every Selim al-Kim, everyone was made in the image of God, everybody. Adam, Adam wasn't originally Jewish, but everybody was created uh, with the image of God. So we always condone uh, any any sort of... Um, misuse of human life, and Molech was one of those things. So, so if someone looks at the pasuk and the commandment of Molech, they say, um, He says, "Oh, that's really just saying that you can't that you can't um have a baby with an Armenian woman because then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna worship idols because then your kids gonna worship idols." Again, we silence them because it's distorting the Torah. Again, kind of weird that this ki- that this person is trying to trying to um try to um, convolute this idea about about Molech. Like, what what are their intentions? It's like a little bit scary, but we silence that person. Maisa Ruven, we're now gonna we're now gonna gonna talk about some things that we don't that we don't read. But it, 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 just for a little bit of background, it used to be that 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 you would translate Torah reading into Aramaic so that people would understand it. Nowadays, we don't do it with whatever language you do. But I guess the general consensus for the language that people understood was Aramaic. But so so it's gonna be talk, when it talks about translating, just don't talk about that. So we're gonna talk about some things that we can translate and some things that we can't translate, and even some things that we can't read at all. Maisa Ruvain, the story of Ruvain, Nikravilumatarium. You read it, but you don't translate it. What's the story of Ruvain? So the story of Ruvain, according to the Pshat level, Ruvain lay, um slept with his with his father's concubine, with Billah, which is is awful. But the Gemara the, the Gemara actually actually grapples with this. The Gemara in Shabbos, and he says that that Ru, that Reuven didn't didn't actually sin 
what he what he did is that if you read the pasuk carefully, that he moved he moved his um his his father's bed. His father's bed was in Rachel's tent, and Rachel Rachel was had passed away already. So he moved it from from the house from the house of Rachel, which we know that's where Billah resided. That's where they learned it out from, and he moved it into his mother's house into Le- into uh, his mother's tent into into Leah's tent. And he was but either way he was punished for it severely, both at the time and also at the at the end of ya- at the end of Yaakov's life in the brachos. Uh, Reuven is Reuven is cursed for this action. Maisa, tomorrow the story of tomorrow Nikra Vimitargim. It is read and it is translated. Um, and what is the story of tomorrow? The story of tomorrow is essentially tomorrow was violated by her half brother Amon. Uh, and, and so that Torah is able to be read and to be translated. But quick stipulation on that in a little bit. Maisa Egal Rishon in the first reading of the Egalas of um, Nikra Umitargim. It is read and it is translated. So what is what does it what does it mean? Um, what does what does it mean when it says it is it is the first the first reading? So the first reading is is in this week's parsha again, parsha's kisisa. It's it's that's when the egalazav happens. That's when the egalazav happens. Nikra v'lo metargim and the havahasheni. I'm sorry. And the and the second one it is read and and not translated. We we don't translate we don't translate the second one because the second one kind of makes Aaron feel a little bit more um a little bit more responsible for the actions, which really. Might not necessarily be true. Really, it depends. But, but the second one embarrasses Aaron. We don't want to embarrass Aaron, so we don't read it. But the question is, why do we read the first one? It says it says the Megillah and, and, and the I'm sorry, it says the Gemara talking about this. Although this story reflects badly on the Jewish people, reading it in public benefits them because embarrassment caused by the reading helps atone for their sin. We know that Jewish people came off relatively well when you consider how much Hashem was mad at us after we after we did the Egel Hazav. So to have this constant atonement for, for, for Egel Hazav is actually something beneficial to us. Birkas Kohanim, um, when reading the passage of Birkas Kohanim, um, my, my, Nikra Vilomatargum. We read it, but we don't translate it because there could be some, some misunderstandings that people have when reading it that would paint us in a bad light. I'm not going to go into those right now. Maisa David Vyamon, the story of David Vyamon, again referencing the story of Tamar that we had, that we had talked about. Lo Nikrin Vilomatargum. So it's it's not it's not read and it's not translated. So why does this Mishnah bring this why does this Mishnah bring it up again? And also remember before we said Nikra Umatargim. In the story of Amon when he violated his sister, he said we read it and we and we translate it. Now we're saying we don't read it and we don't translate it. So what is it talking about? Lucky Ravadi Bartinuri is here to come to the rescue again. What's the ones that we don't read? The ones that say Amon ben David. Again, we don't want to we don't want to embarrass David, an individual person. We're fine we're fine with embarrassing Amon because he did something awful. But we don't want to embarrass David uh, and maybe have somebody say, "Oh, well, if David looked after his son a little bit more, right? We don't want to. We don't want to create those dialogues, and because of that, we don't read them in public. Um, at least we don't read the parts that say Amon ben David." The last part, as we we're about to finish, I apologize that this recording is long, but the Mishnayos usually tend to have the last few Mishnayos tend to be very long, but. We're, right now, we're coming right up on the CM, so perk your ears up. Ain Maftun Bemarkava. We do not read the Merkava, which is the account of the chariot, which is in Yechezkel, Perak 1. It describes very mystical aspects of Shemayim, of heavens. And so we don't want to have it that people start thinking about that and grappling with those questions. Uh, for for people for people who aren't who aren't the greatest scholars, uh, if we would re- if we were to read it in pu- in public, because then they would become frustrated when they when they find a lack of answers. Rebuta Mati Rebuta says people aren't gonna aren't gonna seek answers once they realize that it's beyond their their understanding. Rebbe Eliezer says Ein Maftirin The last line of the Mishnah says the Rebbe Eliezer says that you cannot read Hodu I'm sorry Hodas Yushalayim, which is in Yechezkel Tet Vav, because it degrades Yushalayim. We know that in the story of Maraglim we learn that. 
one of the things that we learn from that is that you're not able to talk talk about Lashon Hara when it comes to Eretz Yisrael. We're not able to say, again, I'm just giving this as an example. It's not, it's not, I don't actually mean this. But you're not able to say, oh, the streets in Eretz Yisrael are so bad. Or you're not able to, 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 to give, again, I just made that up. I just want to, just want to clarify that. But you're not able to, to give cases like that um, and you're not able to to spread to spread those those thoughts about Eretz Israel because and especially about Yerushalayim um, because that that part that part of of Yechezkel, it kind of degrades Yerushalayim. It says let um it says make known to Yerushalayim all of her abominations and we don't want to read that because we don't want to publicly shame Yerushalayim because Yerushalayim has feelings. I want to thank all of you for being together with the journey. Our our initiative has grown tremendously, and the momentum that we're carrying into learning all about Pesach is going to be fabulous. I look forward to learning and growing with you every day. I'm signing off for now. You're going to have a one-day break. Not really a break, because we're having so much fun here. But you're, tomorrow there's going to be there's going to be no podcast. Enjoy the Chag of Purim. The next day, we're back in the grind. We're going to start learning about Pesach. Make sure to make a siyam on this Mishnah, to make a siyam by your surah. And I hope that you are excited, because we are now one day closer to the holiday of Pesach. Have a wonderful day and a Chag Sameach.